Gosh, this is so awesome, man. I never in a million years thought something like this would happen. Out of turn number four come the most powerful weight models on the planet, the world of outlaws. I call Scott my dad, and uh, <laughs> nothing like the best in the business, breathing down your throat your first outlaw win. Ah, uh, yes. Welcome, everybody. To another great episode of Stick Signals. You're listening to the official podcast of the World of Outlaws, Morton Buildings Late Model Series, and Dirt Car Racing. The weekend we've all been waiting for. All the work, all the sweat, all the tears, all the blood, everything is about to pay off here this weekend. It is the NGK NTK World of Outlaws World Finals at the Dirt Track at Charlotte Motor Speedway, November 4th, 5th, and 6th. Yes, we flipped the page in the calendar. It's November. It's that time of the year. And man, it's hard to believe. It it just feels like we were at the Sunshine Nationals a couple weeks ago. But yeah, here we are at the Dirt Track at Charlotte Motor Speedway for a big, big event. Well, Mick, um, you were at the Dirt Track at Charlotte this past weekend. Uh, Mike, you were too. Before we get into it, I, I gotta ask, how are you guys? I know you guys are busy and probably tired right now because you just spent a lot of days out there. I'm I'm um, amazingly chipper and uh, like wide awake and ready to go. And no, I'm tired, man, but it is what it is. We're, uh, we're, we're at least it's a home race this weekend, so that's nice. Yeah, that's that's the one nice thing is we get to sleep in our own beds after we're done, which is kind of kind of obviously different from any other time of the year. But yeah, we're we're exhausted. Doesn't help, like for example, my Vikings played the night game on Sunday night, so I was up till midnight watching that. <laughs> you know, you know, it, it's it's things like that. But hey, you know what? It's World Finals week, baby. We're back in action. I'm ready to roll. You're ready to roll. We got two bigger feature events coming up. The final two features of the year. And it's going to be fun. Yeah, all right, championship might be clinched, but we still got a lot of storylines to get to to get ready for this weekend. Yeah, obviously we talk about, you know, the points payout um, throughout the field, and, and that's one big thing that we talked about, which I'm sure we'll touch on here in just a little bit. Uh, yeah, I mean, Shepard is going to clinch um, his fourth championship in five years. That, that's amazing, guys. Fourth championship in five seasons, tying Josh Richards, and not to mention – those titles are both Mark Richards's. It's just amazing what Mark Richards has accomplished in our sport with the World of Outlaws. It is, and don't forget though, as we get in the storylines, like yes, we'll talk more about Brandon's championship next week on the show. Give him a little more love, but you know the storyline going into this weekend for Brandon isn't so much the championship. He's two wins away from being the all-time winningest driver in World of Outlaws Morton Buildings Late Models history, Correct. which is crazy to think. And you know, it's funny, at the beginning of the season, we thought it was only going to be, he would only need 77, and then Josh wins the opening night of the Bristol Bash, yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden, we got one more to catch. Yeah, I mean, Josh always comes back, um, and always wins one, like last year, he came back and won Duck River, this year he came back and then won Bristol, you know, like, Josh is just always very good when he comes back, and um, he he's had a crazy year this year with hauler problems and all that stuff, but yeah, it was good to see Josh come back, but yeah, Shepard, uh, that, that was one thing that we talked about, we talked about second overall, too, with Lanigan, and um, yeah, it's been, it's been one of those years uh that Shepard is just having another great season and although um you know it, it may not seem like it because we talk about his 18 win season but still he had a heck of a season this year just because the outlaws got more competitive more tough this year like they gave Shepard a run for his money and Shepard didn't quite drive away uh how he's used to but yeah congratulations to Shepard uh clinching it before we got to Charlotte and it's not another question how you said Mike that he could possibly win those two features this weekend and tie no he's won at the track oh, that's before right, that's right that's right. Yeah, he's won at this track before, but I mean, still, I mean, Charlotte, how I say it, it's always up for grabs because it's a tough field at Charlotte. And and really, it's a track these guys haven't been on. Granted, they had a test there about a month ago, but still, uh, this track is going to be completely different. You know, they they regrew it over and, and it looked great this past weekend. So it's, it's kind of a track that they really haven't been on, though. The one thing about this track, it really slicked off on Saturday. It did, and, yeah. And, and granted, we're going to have a lot more horsepower on it this week than we did last weekend. There's no question about it, but... Kudos to Lyle DeVore and the Charlotte team for getting that track where we needed it to be. Yeah. Was there a little dust? Yes, but it's red clay. There's going to be yeah, a little there's dust. Be some that's, dust. That's just, if you don't, if, if you haven't been to red clay tracks, you have to understand there's going to be some dust yeah. at some point and it's unavoidable. But I tell you what, some of the, some of the racing, uh, the UMP modified feature mm-hmm. was, are, was awesome. The two late model features were great. Pro stocks and the sportsman modifieds were awesome. I had to throw my Northeast boys in there for a second. <laughs> but, you know, one thing I want to go back to the UMPs. Chris Madden finishing second to Nick yeah, Hoffman. Yeah. 
That was awesome. I mean, hey, Nick Hoffman, it's only fitting Nick Hoffman won the two races this weekend because he's won just about everything this year. But to see Madden come in second, that was pretty cool. Right. And uh, Jordan was saying that was his first time officially in a, in a modified. I don't know if they tested or something, but that was his first weekend in a modified. Correct, which is crazy. That's, yeah, that's really crazy. Madden's a will man, and we know that. Yeah. And, and guys, I know it goes back to this, and I'm not taking anything away from Shepard. I'm not. I'm really not, because Shepard's amazing at what he does. But I really wish uh, we would have seen Madden with those two extra starts, because remember, it was one of the storylines throughout the whole season. Madden yeah. has two less starts than Shepard, and then Shepard kind of took took off with it. But I would have just been curious, because Madden is a will man, and he just proved that. It's not easy to get into a, a dirt car UMP modified and go finish second in front of a big because it was a lot of good drivers there. I saw uh, on Dirt yes. Vision there was a lot of good UMP mods. You had Spalding and, and you know, just all those guys there. And yeah, to see Madden go in there and finish second that was pretty cool. And and yeah, congrats to Hoffman from third to or not, not third, but yeah, he started third and then on lap three took the lead. Like he's just a wheel man, Hoffman. Yeah, you're gonna have to bury him a lot farther than third to for him to not win. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and two, and the thing too to bring up a former. Regular on the tour, Strickler. He had to start in the back. He barely made the show. Yeah, like he was mm. with about three laps to go in the LCS. He was sitting there and he was out, on the outside looking the outside. in. He drove his way up into the top ten, and I wonder if there was a couple cautions early. If that would have been different, I, I was watching how fast his car was. I think for sure, you know, the starting position screwed him for sure. A couple more cautions, he would have maybe got there, but. I mean, he, he just used his stuff up getting up to the top 10 there. Yeah, and he's just so good at conserving his stuff, too. But, yeah, Strickler, uh, I, I I really hope that's one guy that we see in a late model full-time again next year, guys. Uh, he was fun to watch. I mean, it's crazy how I said we it feels like a couple of weeks ago we were at uh, Sunshine Nationals when Strickler won and Evolution talking about the whole Strickler thing. Like, I, I really hope he comes back next year. But, yeah, it was really good to see him in a modified and, uh, you know, charge to the field like that. That was fun to watch. I'm sure he's a guy we will see this weekend. No question about it. I mean, it's a hometown race for him. Yeah, I think Kaufman will be there in a late model as well and Strickler and obviously Madden will be there. Yeah, well, yeah. I don't think we have to worry (laughs) about that one. Yeah. Yeah, big big entry list there. Does Madden win this weekend? That's my question. I, I said it when we went to Cherokee a month ago in Sonoya that I said Madden has to win at least one more before the season ends. He hasn't won since Port Royal with the Outlaws. Does Madden win this weekend is my question to you guys. I mean, he's due. He's. I want to point out the last time, <clears throat> excuse me, the last time we had the World Finals in 2019, he won the Friday night portion yep. of the event. So he's, and he's another guy. He's got it done three times here in the past before. Granted, one of them was way back in 2008. But he, Was he at the tire test with, with the Rocket yes. guys? Yes. I mean, I'd say with, with him at the test and then also running that mod, I mean, he's got to be a favorite for at least one win. I mean, I think it really, and, you know, we talked with our guest, which we'll get to in a little bit, about how important it is. Qualifying is the most important it probably is all year, and it's so weird the way the format is. you got to be on the ball right away, and it's a different night. Yeah, Yeah, but the the format definitely is for sure. Uh, You know, if you know how to play that, that's definitely the name of the game. Uh, Another guy that kind of has me on his on the on my radar is Dennis Herb Jr. Dennis Herb congratulations to him he just won a, a big race out in the south this uh, about two weeks ago uh congratulations to him that that was a very good uh win for Dennis Herb Jr. does he win this weekend and he also finished second he also finished second to the guy that's pretty much won every late model race yeah, in America Brandon this Overton. year in another that's 100 right. lap race this past weekend too so Herb's been Herb's been really good yeah, Herb's been really good this year. Really, really good. Yeah, this really year. good. And he's another guy that I feel like could probably get a win. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I don't see Shepard um, getting those two wins this weekend. I, I feel like we're gonna have to wait till till 2022 to see that. It's just this weekend. I just feel like everyone knows it's their last chance to win an outlaw feature. It's 50 lap features, uh, longer distance, and, and I don't know. I just feel like Dennis Herb Jr. is another guy that could win one this weekend. And I want to point out, Herb also has a win of the World Finals back in 2017. Mm-hmm. So it's not that not that long ago. And Dennis Herb actually that leads me back into one of the storylines. Out of our full time guys, we're pretty much all locked up except for two. Ricky Weiss could still catch Dennis Herb here in these next two races, and that's a battle you got to keep an eye on for fourth. Yeah, yeah, and obviously we talk about the money. It's five thousand dollar difference there. Uh, five thousand dollar difference is a lot. I mean, what would you do with with five thousand dollars listening to this right now? So um, go to yeah, Belize that, for another week. Di- I was just gonna say, I, I, I'm pretty sure I would. Uh, Maybe the Caymans. I'm not sure. Something probably like buy a couch. 
<laughs> That's how you know you've grown up. Yeah. <laughs> Mike Warren showing his age and re- financial responsibility. That coming out of your mouth. <laughs> well, yeah, just because I'm a decade older doesn't mean I'm any smarter. That's okay. Touche. <laughs> I would not buy a couch. Anyway. Um, no, you'd probably no, buy a tuba. <laughs> oh, my God. It, uh, <laughs> Stick Signal, sponsored by Ashley Furniture Store. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, there's a lot of business to be taken care of between Dennis Herb Jr. and Ricky Weiss uh, fighting for that fourth spot. Um, as we mentioned, Herb enters the World Finals uh, with an 18-point advantage over Weiss. And uh, Weiss is another guy. Like I- I've been watching his uh, social media posts. They're, they're starting to get more organized, and, and, and it's been a thing this whole year. It's it's no question. They just haven't been uh, quite organized. Uh, they've always been drinking out of a fire hose, I guess I should say. They really really haven't had that spark to really go out there and uh, be a force. Like they've been fast and hot laps, and then when it comes to qualifying, it's like, oh no, where'd Ricky Weiss go? Uh, and, and they're finally get their they got their shop, they got the extra rooms ready and stuff like that. So I don't know, Ricky Weiss could come out here. I feel like they're more organized, ready. They've taken some time off. Uh, that that's going to be interesting. And obviously, Dennis Herb Jr. with the best season of his career uh, with the Outlaws. He uh, was originally two wins a season. Now he has three. Uh, we'll see if he can get four this weekend, guys. That's right. And you know, I want to mention about Weiss too. He's got a little momentum coming, and he's got a couple of top fives in some races that mm-hmm. on the off period that he's been doing pretty well on too. So don't count him out. And you know, there's a lot of big names in outside of you know Tyler Bruning. We could see him finally get one he's been on a heater lately he's been really good he just a couple of top fives in the past four races yep you know gustin if there's i don't know if you saw but there was a little bit of a cushion developing on saturday there was there is if yeah. we get a cushion here in charlotte i am not counting the reaper <laughs> yeah. out under any circumstance think, yeah gustin gustin has a really good chance and fun fact this is not gustin's first world finals he actually mm-hmm. i didn't and this is just me doing well, i did a story on him a week ago that you can read on worldofoutlaws.com i believe he came at Crystal motorsports if i'm not mistaken he was that was a- he his best finish is 14th but he has a little bit of experience in this event so he's done this before mm-hmm. you know but i wouldn't count out any of those guys and listen hey if the track is fast don't count out the 99b or the bb1 either like I, any of these guys can pull one off it's not crazy right you, you know how awesome would it be to see boom briggs and, and by the way we got to mention Boom Brig. This is 300th career series start on Friday That's with awesome. the Outlaws. That's yeah, right. Like, I know how he's going to celebrate, too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. I don't think there'll be any bush lights consumed at all whatsoever. No, never. Um, no, uh-uh. No, never. Anyway, yeah, that, that'd be awesome. I mean, you know, um, like how I said, this year kind of had that little feel of upsets in the air. We almost saw Brent Larson win not once, but twice. You know, he was he was running great at Mississippi Thunder, was running great at Volusia. Uh, Boom Briggs, you know, had a couple runs there this season, switching over to Rocket I, Chassis this year. I, um, I also want to point out, though, Ruben, not to cut you off, but statistically, this is their best, both of their best seasons with the World of Outlaws. Yes, it is. Um, we've had career best finishes uh, with with Boom, uh, sorry, no, with Boom, um, with and Brent. Brent and no, yeah, both of them. Yes, no, no, correct. not Boom, not Boom, no, not no, Boom. Boom. Say, so not that's Boom. second in Aries. That was second in Aries. Yeah, no, but still, like he's pretty. He's had a pretty good year this year. He's been in more redraws. He's had better heat race finishes. Uh, it's just Boom just uh, can't put a whole feature together. Um, but yeah, other than that, Boom has had a great year, and it's pretty awesome to see the commitment he has with our series. A three hundredth start on Friday. That'll be pretty cool for boom and you know we talked about Shepard locking things up i talked about bruning being on a, heater, on a heater he is also locked up the rookie of the year honors for 2021 as well so congratulations going all the way back to decora iowa to tyler zeb wyatt mr bruning and of course walter i can't forget walter for the uh <laughs> skyline cool. motorsports team congratulations to them good to see them good group of guys come out and race every week i'd love to see them get one this yep. weekend yeah for sure. And race fans, don't forget, support our World of Outlaw drivers. The, these drivers go far and wide for this stuff, and you know they love doing it. So when you're at the track this weekend, if you're going to be there, which we hope you are, because it's you know one of the best events. And I'm excited because I've never been to a true World Finals. Last year was the last call. It wasn't the same. I'm excited this year. I'm, I'm already ready for the chills. That's right, Mike. It's your first one, too. That's right. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so like... And my point is, these drivers, if you're not at the track, these drivers also have a website. Like Tyler Bruning just came out with a new diecast. Go out there and, you know, don't, I'm not saying go buy the big one. Go buy a little one for 20 bucks. Or go, if you have the funds, go buy a big one. Uh, you know, a lot of the Shepard, I know they're, released, they're releasing new diecast. Actually, I think they're already sold out. It, it's crazy because I wanted one too and they're sold out. Shepard's um, got his uh, Slavic tweeted the other day. Shepard's got his four time champ merchandise already out too. Mm-hmm. There you go. You know, Ricky Weiss, uh, we talk about his um, V Foundation research stuff. I, I believe they're still doing that this weekend because they're going to auction 
auction off those panels after. Um, so keep an eye on his social media page. Go find these guys on social media. Like them, support them, buy T-shirts. Dennis Herb Jr., I will say, has one of the coolest, coolest T-shirts I've ever seen in motorsports. Um, it's his 30th anniversary racing T-shirt and has his, all his older cars with, with his current car. I think that one is really cool. So support these guys and obviously support the world of outlaws shop store.worldofoutlaws.com. Um, if you have the funds, I'm not saying, you know, go buy something. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying support these guys because it's been a heck of a season. And I guess to show a little appreciation, support them by buying some merch. Speaking of store.worldofoutlaws.com, um, I would stock up on hoodies, uh, gloves, mm-hmm. uh, hats, yes. everything. Ruben, I'm going to, I'm just going to give you a heads up. Dress warm. It's going to be cold. It's going to be freezing here this so weekend. So, we're not going to we're not going to we're not going to beat around the bush here. <laughs> it's going to be cold this weekend, guys. For like, sure. Make sure if you're coming here, you're dressing warm. And I have to tell myself that. Trust me, because I will. <laughs> I would be the idiot that would wear shorts. Let's so talk a little bit me. about the uh, the event itself, though. Wednesday night we have uh, is Wednesday night the the fan party. Yes, PRN's at the track with our good buddy Lenny Batiki. He's going to have the champions on hand. Yep. Along yep. with a few other guests that are going to be making their way in there to get ready for the world finals. But, you know, got live music from Dirty Grass Soul. They've which got, should be good. They played last night at Millbridge, I think, too. Yep. They got, Monday yes, night for they those scoring got beer. So there's a nice little party Wednesday night if you, if you make it out and you're in the campground. Come down to the pavilion and uh, check it out and hang out with everybody. Yeah, it should be it should be a lot of fun. But you get to hear the driver interviews. I know the champions cars will be on display because yep. it's, it's one of those things where, yes, the way it's just worked out this year, all three champions are locked up this weekend. So Brandon Shepard. The big cat Brad Sweet and Matt Shepard will also be there. Sorry, I always love doing that. That honestly was pretty good. That was honestly pretty good. Thank you. Thank you. But, you know, I want to, you know, again, before we get to qualifying day on Thursday, remember, it's just qualifying for the big for the late models and sprints. We will have heat races, however, for the big block modifieds. Yep. The big block, not super for those. (laughs) Which, by the way, T-Mac is pulling double duty this week. Exactly. That's where I wanted to get to next. Hey, some of the guys that aren't that don't run our tour weekly, big names. T Mac's going to be pulling double duty. Remember, T Mac won. Yeah, Richmond. Yep. The last race at last call. Oh. Yeah, and Richmond Sorry. also. I but you yes. There. Sorry. Yeah, you're right. And then the other guy who's actually second in wins on the tour here in 2021, Brandon Overton with five. He won one of the races at last call last year. And I don't know if you've noticed, but he's won a lot of races he's this year. He's won a few races, yeah. 29 times he's been in victory lane. Ooh. Jesus. <laughs> 29. Wow. He could make it 30 this weekend. Um, and Overton, by the way, he has five wins with the Outlaws this year. He had six last year. I'm pretty sure he gets six this year. There's no question. All right. Well, now that we've gotten to that point, another guy I want to, there's another guy I want to bring up, but I want to, there's a reason we're holding off. I want to do predictions though, before we get to that two races this weekend. But I also want to mention here, we do have one contingency prize just announced this week. SRI Performance is stepping up and adding a little bit of cash for whoever draws the poll, kind of like they did at Bristol earlier this year too, for both nights. So that's... it's going to be huge because getting the poll here is big. Yeah. As, you know, we've we've mentioned in the past. But, all right, guys, it's prediction times. Who do you think is going to take? Let's do Friday night first. We'll start with our good buddy Ruben. Man, I, you know, it's it's the dirt track at Charlotte. I feel like he needs one more win to cap it off. Chris Madden gets it done Friday night. And he's better in those longer distance races. I'm going to go Tyler Bruning. Likes big mm, tracks. A little bit of a cushion developing out there. When the moon rises... The nightmare begins. I'm going Jimmy Owens. I just got a gut feeling. It, it seems weird that we haven't said he's got a win in, in a World of Outlaw competition this year, but I'll tell you what, he's got it done here before. Yep. 2019, he won one on Saturday night. I think we're going to see Jimmy Owens pick one up Friday. I'm going to go Friday night. I think it could be either night, but I'm going to go with him on Friday. Uh-huh. All right, let's move to Saturday. Let's start with you there, Mr. Uh, Morales. Well, <clears throat> now that they got the track, you know, they, they have a test under their belt. They... I already know the track that a whole night on it. I, I just feel like he has to win one more just to top it off. Uh, they're going to hit on something and think ahead and ready, be ready for next year. Brandon Shepard oh, come on. wins the championship and the feature. That's easy. I was going to pick I'm, him. I'm, I'm, I was I'm not giving it to Overton. I'm going to say our outlaw boys stop him. No, I'm no, saying no, Shepard I wasn't going to pick it. Overton. I was going to pick Shepard. Although oh. I, I, you won't see me saying let's go Brandon anytime soon. And if you know why, you know why. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Warren going viral. Wow. One of my favorite parts That's of Super Dirt Week. That's uh, I'm glad because that feeling's not mutual. <laughs> <laughs> the look on your face. God, I love it. Anyway, I'm gonna go Chris Ferguson on uh Saturday there at the Charlotte Motor Speedway. Okay. Okay, that's not a bad pick. For my pick, I'm going to stick with the World of Outlaws, but I mentioned that uh, there might be a cushion involved. 
Mm. I think mm. it's time for the Reaper to get his to Ooh. cap off the season with his first career victory. That'd I just got a gut feeling it's time. <laughs> I mean, he's been close and starting to get this wheel spin red clay stuff down too. Remember, Cherokee, he had one heck of a run. Sonoya, until there was a little bit of a issue on the back straightaway with him, him early in the race, he was coming from the top on the top side there too. He's got this thing dialed in, and if he, the biggest thing with them this year has been bad luck, no question about it. If they can get out of the bad luck, look out, the Reaper's coming. Man, on the weekend after Halloween, the Reaper strikes the night. I picked a nightmare in the Reaper the week after Halloween. Yes, that's wow. That'll be big. <laughs> yeah, Gustin's a great one, and and I'm telling you, that team is so hungry. I mean. Yeah, they are working their tails off and getting ready for this. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. All right, we'll see. Well, um, definitely on, on the next episode, we'll have to wrap up the season, talk about our great moments. And Mick, let's not forget, we have to make a note um, and talk about all the great trophies all year. We'll wrap up the season. We'll yep. t- it, it'll be a great episode next week for sure. We got to do great. We got to do grades too. Yes, we'll do grades. Don't the, forget, we got to do, do end of season grades. grades. Yeah, th- yep. this may be two episodes. We'll, we'll do grades and then we might just, yeah. you know memories and wrap up the season and, and what stood out and but just remember stats. that second episode we got a preview extreme my friend oh my god that's right that's, that's right yes that, that's that's, right that's in two weeks that's in two yes, weeks it is. which by the way race fans don't be sad that the world of outlaws are finishing well i mean yes you could be sad because i'll be sad too but let's not forget um november 20th the palmetto state 50 at lancaster motor speedway and then the blue gray the 31st annual blue gray 100 at cherokee speedway kicks off uh with the driving extreme dirt car series um that, that's going to be great well, you talk about a couple of races in the Southeast. Well, this week on Stick Signals, we caught up with a driver from the Southeast and a guy that Mick picked to win on Saturday night as well. We're happy we got to have Mount Holly, North Carolina's Chris Ferguson in studio as we talked about a lot of things from racing with Kyle Larson to just his season overall, getting a win at Bristol and a few other things as well. So here it is with, well, let's put it this way. It's Fergie time on Stick Signals. Well, we're joined today by one of the drivers you're going to see at the NGK NTK World Finals, Chris Ferguson. And as we can tell, he's a fan of The Office, too, as his uh, phone goes <laughs> off. Chris, thanks for joining us here today, man. I appreciate it, man. Happy to be here. I know this is a big week for you. I know when you and I talked last week, it's the World Finals, you, one of the biggest stages we have for the World of Outlaws, and you get the chance to do it in front of your home fans, and not a lot of people can say that. Yeah, for sure. Um, this is a big week, and big week for all my uh, crew, my family, sponsors, Um Everybody coming in town, uh, you know, it's nice to be able to race on this kind of stage and, and be able to stay at my own house and then, you know, provide a, a place uh, for all my sponsors to come hang out and uh, not have to drive six or seven hours. You mentioned staying in your own bed. That's the one thing you and I, is like the only yep. time of year we have that advantage too. It's awesome. Well, but to be fair, I, I hardly travel, so I do stay in my bed most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. So one of the biggest things that I didn't realize, like looking back, you didn't get started in a late model. It all started in go-karts for you and then 100 wins almost. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I got in with the right people. You know, I wasn't, I didn't race go-karts, but maybe three years or so. But right off the bat, like I, I started racing, I don't know, at the end of the, <clears throat> at the end of the season. And uh, I got in with Jamie Knopf, who, if you know anything about go-kart racing, he was kind of the man to be. And then <clears throat> after I, uh, Moved up a little bit. I, I started working with Dennis Lambert, and Dennis Lambert's won everything in go-karts, legend car racing, asphalt, you know, basically everything. So I was able to kind of, you know, skip the learning curve and go straight to running big races, and then we had success right off the bat winning national championships and uh, all kind of stuff. That's awesome that hey getting success right away it doesn't happen right away but you know for you i know that puts you on a heck of a path just to go forward and keep moving up i know only a couple years in crates before you got that first super too yeah for sure it um you know one of the things that that always uh stuck out to me whether we was racing go-karts or crate cars my dad was always getting us in with the right people and uh i think that just helped everything out you know when i got into the crate late models uh jeff smith at the time was uh you know, kind of like a guy that kind of helped us out and um, really, you know, uh, got us up to speed. And, and then all of a sudden, you know, we're racing supers and and getting in with the right people just makes all the difference in the world. Now, regionally, when you move up into the supers, I know Mick and I have talked about this. We talked about this with Overton. You know, running in the south is probably one of the hardest places to race because you got a lot of guys that bring it every single night, whether it's Cherokee, Sonoya, all these places all over the area. Yeah, there is. You know, I everybody always debates it you know especially uh the midwest guys are really tough but 
you know, when you look at the East Tennessee, uh, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia region, you have to show up, whether it's a 5,000 or 10,000 win show, you have to race against guys like Chris Madden, race against Scott Bloomquist, Jimmy Owens, Davenport, Shane Clanton. Uh, and that's just a handful of them. That's not even uh, all of them. You know, th- there's so many of them. And, like, I got my butt kicked for so long. You know, I'd go <clears throat> win a 5,000 win show and then uh, and then race against Madden the next week or JD, and then they would win the big ones, you know, and it's uh, – it was tough, but I tell you what, it make, makes you tougher and, and made us better. And it also, uh, you know, it got us used to, uh, you know, basically racing, whether I'm racing at home or racing, you know, pretty far away. It, it made us used to racing the best. Out of that list of guys you just named, <laughs> is there anyone that you sort of look up to as a mentor? Do, do you have a good relationship with some of those veterans? Yeah, for sure. Um, <clears throat> I think a lot of people know this, but... Scott Bloomquist, you know, I switched his cars three years ago, and, uh, you know, Scott really kind of took us to the next level, in my opinion, you know, where I was, we were running good in, in national races, especially around here, uh, but then we started running good in national races in Pennsylvania, you know, in uh, Ohio, in the dream, the world. Um, when I <clears throat> started working with Scott, uh, and then also Dale and Shane McDowell, I think those those kind of guys, they, they mentored for us and really helped us out as far as the cars. And then also, um, you know, asking Dale and Scott about driving te- techniques and, and, you know, their mindset going into these big races, it, it really helped out a ton. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the things I noticed, you know, with those Team Zero cars, they're hooked up at Eldora, no question about it. I mean, you had a couple of really good runs throughout the, it seemed like, 100,000 days at Eldora this year. I know that's one, one thing I can say right from the beginning. I don't know if I want to do eight days at Eldora again Ooh, yeah, throughout, was... but, you know, you really had some success this year. I remember, I believe it was the second dream, correct me if I'm wrong, all of a sudden we look up, it's like, whoa, Fergie's in third. And mm-hmm. he's just, it seems like no matter who's in the Team Zero, they're right there. Yeah, it's, uh, we all got a pretty good notebook, you know, and it's, in my opinion, I think Scott and Randy's, you know, uh, sweet designed these cars for that racetrack. You know, like Scott said, I've heard him say it a million times, you know, the the race that matters the most in this sport is the World 100. And um, and that's the one that everybody goes off of. It goes you go off the World 100 Eldora, the dream. And I think that when they design these race cars, they build it specifically for that racetrack, but it just happens to work everywhere. But I, I really think that that's what they did. And and you don't really see people that, that struggle in Team Zero cars at Eldora. No, you don't. That's for sure. One thing, too, you know, a lot of people, I think, think of you as a regional guy, but I, I would say that's not the case. I'd say you're somewhere in the middle between those full-time guys and that because you get out and travel. For example, obviously, you came with us at Fairbury. You came to us at Port Royal. And I know, you know, from everybody I've talked to, no matter what level, it definitely makes you a better driver at the end of the day. Yeah, it does. You know, it gets you out of your comfort zone and – um that's one of the reasons why, like, I think we won, I won a prelim at Fairbury two years ago. And, uh, you know, I went to Fairbury maybe six, maybe five years ago, and I hadn't really started traveling a ton. It was back in 2015 or maybe 16, I can't remember. But I'd won a couple outlaw races and won a lot of regional races. But um, I went there and missed the show, you know, and, and it was just like, well, that sucks, you know. But over the last couple of years, I started traveling, and then I go there two years ago, and win a prelim, and I think I run seventh or eighth in the PDC, and and uh, I think whenever you go travel, it just makes you a better driver, and it gets you outside of your comfort zone, and it gets rid of your bad habits that you have around home. Now we talked about Eldora, and you know, like you said, you joined us at big race, big tracks rather, like Port Royal. Do you prefer the bigger tracks or the smaller bowl rings? Um, I do like the bigger tracks. I think you know. Sometimes it's harder to make up ground because there's been races like at Port Royal and Eldora where I started too far back and I didn't get a caution or I didn't. Like Eldora, there was like two or three times where I started like 18th and 20th and finished 4th and 3rd and uh, I didn't get enough cautions or couldn't make up enough ground to, to win where I feel like the bull rings, you know, you can start in the back and, and be there just like that. So. Uh, the bigger tracks kind of fit my driving style a little bit better, but I'll be honest with you, you know, I've, I like them all. You know, I don't really dislike any of them. I don't feel outside my comfort zone. Now, when you're when you're traveling and, and you're going from a place like Eldora to a place like PD to uh, Fairbury, 
How much of that is you changing your driver style or driving style and how much is the car actually having to be changed? It's a pretty good bit both wise. You know, I think um, you have to learn, you know, what these cars want. And uh, that's a that's a big part of it. You know, I think at the top level, you know, all the guys that race the, the national guys and even the handful of the regional guys, we're all good drivers. Everybody is. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the the difference is when you go to these smaller tracks, some people just have better notebooks and, and you definitely have to change. You know, we go to somewhere where we're running 150 miles an hour to, you know, if we're running 75. Sure. Uh, the car just don't react the same. So you have to make, you know, you have to make the car do things that you wouldn't do on a big track, but then you also have to adjust the car to do it. Mm-hmm. Now, what would you say is your favorite track overall? Uh, man, I mean, it's honestly it's so hard to, like, judge everything off of Eldora because, like, it's the atmosphere and everything. Right. But the, the the track itself, probably Eldora, because it's like no matter what, you can race all over it, you know, and there's a point where it's wide open and then there's a point where you're half throttle around there. So I think it was they did a good job designing it whenever they built it. It's it's built for dirt late models for sure. Now, I, I knew you were going to say Eldora. I just had a yeah. feeling because that's what everybody's. And I'm sure, you know, the race you'd most like to win is either mm-hmm. the dream or the world. No question about that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now, outside of Eldora, what would you say is your favorite one? And I feel like Cherokee's got to be up there yeah. because it's just like Charlotte. It's mm-hmm. You get your fans there all the time. I remember every time I come to interview after the races are over, i got to fight through about uh, a million yeah. people to get to you. Yeah, it's uh, Cherokee's definitely up there. It's a special place in my heart. You know, a lot of people don't know this, but... Carolina Speedway is literally 15 minutes down the road. And I almost won an outlaw race there. I was leading in 16 by like a straightaway in a lap car stopped in front of me oh. and I wiped out a race car. But, um, you know, Cherokee's always kind of been, even though it's not the closest, it's kind of been my home track just because of the special event, super late model racing. So Cherokee's up there. Um, driving wise, Port Royal. It's probably my favorite. It's really fun. Um, whether it's slick or wide open, it's it's technical. Um, Magnolia and you know uh, Magnolia down there in Mississippi, that place is is black ice. That's what they call it, and it's it's very technical too. It's not. It looks big on like video, but it's not big in, in person. Like it's it's just because the track's so wide, you can race, you can drive. I love tracks that you can drive ten different ways. Like you can. Either run the boards, you can run the bottom, you can float the middle. That's the ones that are the most fun. So I'd say Magnolia and Port Royal are probably my favorite too. That that dirt in, in Mississippi, uh, you know, I lived in Louisiana for a little while, and we were going to go to the Rev this year. And I always wonder if that soil is a little bit more like the Midwest, being it's Mississippi I think Delta. It is. I mean, sort of a gumbo. Yeah, because it's like real dark. You know what I mean? And then it, when it when it uh. It's like, well, it's actually light at first, and then whenever they, they pack it in, it turns that black shiny, Yeah, which is what the Midwest is. It's like black shiny when it comes main event time, and I think it's, I think, like you said, it, there's no, I don't think there's no clay in it. Yeah, yeah, it's just all organic. <laughs> no Carolina clay in it. It's not orange. <laughs> now, we talk about, you know, how it's always a crowd near your trailer, especially when we go to Cherokee, but it seems like, too, no matter what, like, if I do on social media on the page, no matter where you are, you guys, you're, you're getting more clicks than anything, you know? <laughs> I think your team in general sells yourself better than probably most late model teams just to get your name out there, and the fans are showing it. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I think a lot of people, I always, you know, tell people this all the time. I think the general fan base that knows, you know, I think in our sport, the fans know what's going on in the pits, mm-hmm. not like NASCAR, not like, you know, F1. They don't really know what's behind the scenes. In our sport, everybody, you can see everything because you're going, you can walk in the pits. Mm-hmm. And I think the fans see that it's me and my dad and my brother, my family. Um, you know, I, I didn't just go get a ride. I didn't, you know, go win outlaw races and stuff. We built our team up with sponsors and help. I think people relate to that. You know, I think a lot of uh, a lot of fans just love the fact that I was once, you know, just a guy racing crate late models at Cherokee and Gaffney. I mean, Cherokee and Carolina. And then uh, year after year, we started getting more help, and now. We're at the point where we're racing at the top level, but we do have, uh, you know, we ha- we have relatability with the people that are pulling for us. I think that's the key word, relatability. Like, I mean, fans fans are always going to look up to race car drivers as heroes, no matter what division they're in. If you're in the stands, those guys are heroes. So to watch someone um, sort of make themselves a success through hard work 
and dedication, you know, that's relatable to a fan. A fan says, oh, shit, I can do that, you know. So, yeah, I think that's why in this sport we have uh, such a great fan base in the first place. Oh, they're so passionate. It's uh, yeah. I got a – my phone just went off a minute ago. It's a – someone sent me a Snapchat that said, hey, this is your number one fan. Will you give her a birthday shout-out? Oh, and I'm wow. like, you know, get those all – I'm like, that's cool. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's awesome. I, I saw the little cardboard. I don't know if it's cardboard or metal yeah. cutout that you guys did <laughs> yeah, so people could get behind it and take a picture. Yeah, I'm pretty uh, pretty pumped about that. My, see, that's the other thing, like the relatability. My mom works my merchandise trailer. Yeah. And uh, people know it's my mom, so they love it. You know, they come – they can ask her questions about us, and, and uh, they just see the whole operation. I think that's why they're so passionate. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing I love about you is you bring it, you're bringing on crew members, too, to help out. And it, it's interesting. You know, Thomas Van Forst, for example, he's a guy I watched race in the Northeast before I came down. So it's pretty cool to see taking him from the modified mm-hmm. sportsman world and throwing him to a late model. But what's that like teaching them these new things? It's so crazy. Like, I could tell you all so many stories of people that emailed me that went to NTI and said, hey, like, or, you know, Thomas went to UNC Charlotte. But I had another crew, guy, crew girl. Her name's Caitlin Brown. She for Penske now and you know people don't really know everything but I, I drove for Jeremy Bullens and crates that you know crew chiefs for Keselowski well she come and helped me with Jeremy's car and she worked her butt off just like Thomas and just like another guy from Oregon named Blake that I'm friends with he's coming to Vegas to meet us so it's it's so cool that all these racers will email me and then I'll you know we'll take them naturally you know at first, you put them through the ringer and you make them wash tires and yeah, yeah, rugs yeah. and stuff. But right. all these people that uh, that I've met, you know, just racers coming to Charlotte to you know go to school, uh, they sh- you know send us an email. Then I'm, all of a sudden, I made a lifelong friend. And like mm-hmm. Caitlin worked for me or worked on the team for a year. Now she's got a full time job at Penske, so she can't right. make it as much. But she was one of the girls that was on the all girl team on the. At the Indianapolis oh, the 500. Indy. Yeah. yeah. She was a front tire girl. Like, oh, that's cool. Uh, my uh, my friend Sarah was the tire girl on the Yeah, uh, it's, it's crazy. Like, yeah. I, I mean, and like, I was so proud of her. Like, I, I I couldn't believe it. I was just like, you know, I was like, don't forget on us peons whenever, <laughs> whenever <laughs> you make it. Uh, it's interesting because, I mean, I don't tell a lot of people, like, but I, that's how I came out here. I I came out here to attend NTI to, to get into racing. And it, it is. It's little relationships. Like, my whole career started because I called Daryl Wallace Sr. one time and asked if they needed a little bit of help on their late model. It's awesome, man. You know what I mean? And it just took off from there. So, Well, the funny thing is, like, for me, I grew up around here, so everybody's like, you know, I got all these people coming in from out, you know, and yeah. they're like, Where do you, where's Mount Holly at? And I'm like, it's in Charlotte. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Think, yeah. yeah, it's in Charlotte. But it's, it's cool because I've met so many friends that, you know, I got stories with Blake. That's a guy from that went to NTI, NTI from Oregon. Right. And... He lived here for the longest time. He moved back, and then he texted me. He said, I'm meeting you out in Vegas. I'm like, oh, my God, it's so good to have him back. And same thing mm-hmm. with Caitlin, same thing with Thomas, same it's all these guys. It's, and all of them have volunteered for me, so yeah. I can't thank them enough, you know. I think that's important for for listeners. You know, if you want to get into racing, that going and helping somebody do tires and sweep pit stalls and stuff oh like gosh, that, that's where you get your foot in the door. It is, man. And, and I'll never take credit for anything as far as this, but, you know, like, I know a lot of people, you know, around here in Charlotte and people are looking for jobs and stuff. And, and like Caitlin got into racing. I'm not going to say it was because of me. It was because of her hard work. Sure. But, you know, I introduced her to Jeremy and, and then all of a sudden Penske gives her a call and she's working there for the last two or three years. So mm-hmm. it's just, you know, it's, it's such a small world, but we all know each other. It's all inter- it's all about relationships in this in this business, it's whether, whether it's Cup or IMSA or any sort of like we all in racing, we sort of all know each other mm-hmm. in each other's circles. So, yeah, that's that's awesome. Now, one question I think a lot of people have always wondered, you know, we talked about the regional aspect with you and running some of the bigger races. Why not a full-time tour? Uh, I think it's mainly because the budget. You know, we've – we're – I don't – a lot of people don't know this, but I don't have no paid employees. Like, I don't have no paid crew guys. It's literally me and my dad, my brother, my mom's husband, and then two or three guys that rotate in and out. So we <coughs> – excuse me. We – um. For the most part, like, we've raced inside our realm. Like, a lot of people don't, don't know this either, but I maybe race 55, 60 races a year, and that's stretching it for me. Yeah. Like, for us to work, drive home directly <clears throat> after the race, I think that I would have to have another probably 100000 or 200000 in sponsorship to go race full-time, mm-hmm. and that's, that's what it would take, you know. Mm-hmm. I race comfortably 
and I wouldn't say comfortably, but we race within our realm. And like, what sucks is like, I feel like I'm at the point where I probably should be, you know, on a tour or something. But in the back of my mind, you know, I remember the glory days of like Brian Burkhofer and Jimmy Mars, them guys that didn't run a tour, but they could come in and win yeah. crown jewels. Yep. And like, you know, that that's that's also that's appealing, you know, to me. So sure. And it, it's less of a load on you and it probably And if you get to that point like where you can do that, yeah. Like I'm I feel like I'm just this close to like winning these big races. I've I've ran top five in like seven or eight crown jewels now. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, if I can just break break it then I'll be cool with, like, not ever going on tour. If I yeah. can just win the crown jewels, <laughs> yeah, you know, like I don't have to go run a championship. It's a solid living. But it would be cool, though. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? It would be would be cool to do it and, and do it the right way. You know, like if I was too able, if I was able to get that sponsorship and, like, go do it, it would be fun if I didn't have to worry about, you know, just anything, just be able to do it the right way mm-hmm. and focus on racing. And, and it, it would be, I would love to do it once. And that's the thing, even the travel, like I know uh, looking at our schedule just this year, you know, a lot of overnight trips, I think between Cherokee and Sonoya itself, just a four hours because oh you, you got to get to the opposite side of Atlanta. If, you, if you've if you ever done that, yeah. you can't wait on that. Can't no. go during the but day. Like, no. you, you that weekend, you went the other way. You went eight hours north <laughs> yeah. to Pittsburgh. Yeah. So it's like you've done the overnight trips, but it's not something you can really do all the time right now. No, it's not. And, and like that's the thing, that's the only good thing about, not being on tour is like I can go race wherever I want to kind of it does suck because like I'm not guaranteed start money for any of them races sure so like but I knew I I run good at Pittsburgh last year and I really liked the track like we enjoyed going to it so it is nice to do it but I'm not gonna lie to you like my dad and my my mom's husband they were whooped after driving overnight and then we got there and then same thing we raced and then drove overnight back home and uh it's not for the weak minded, but um, it is when you go do that stuff, you got to be like, you got to have a mentality that you're going to not only make the show, but just you're going to be a contender to win. So it's it's a uh, it's definitely a risk, but it's it's fun to do. Now, I, I got to bring up something that I know has been bothering you getting off that monkey off your back at Cherokee in these national oh touring gosh. series races. <laughs> and, you know, I think back to the last two. I'm not, I'm not going to count the 25 lap ones because yeah. that was a little bit of a yeah. thing in March. But. You were right there, and the tire goes down at the rock Galt. And yeah. then, you know, you made, a, you made a move to try to get the second. Yeah. It just didn't work yeah. for the second one. You, but you've been right there, and I feel like it's coming. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's frustrating that I've won big races, and it's not at Cherokee. Like, I've won other races there, but I've never won the, the national tour races, whether it's World of Outlaws or Lucas. And I've led them. Like, I've led one. I led one till five to go when JD slid me, and I'm like, dude. Why didn't you just let me have this one? You know, <laughs> just give me one. And, uh, you know, and it's frustrating, but at the same time, it's like, well, I keep putting myself in position, so you can't be mad. And even that last one, we were, it was exciting for the fans. Like, I mean, we were up there racing, me and, me and Sheppy and Gust, and I mean, it, I couldn't have drove much harder. That was probably the hardest I've ever drove in a feature event at Cherokee. So I know the fans loved it. And and when I slid Shepard, um, Overton was right there. So I knew in, in my in my mind, like going into like four to go, the only way I was gonna win this race was if I slid Shepard and managed to pull it off and then threw a Hail Mary at Brandon. And uh there was a that was that was one route and then the other route was ride behind Brandon on the top and then Brandon pass Overton or Shepard pass Overton and then try to get by. And that way was not gonna be in my mind it wasn't I didn't have enough laps to let that happen, to let that play out. So I'm at the point, you know, with two to go, I'm like, well, I gotta slide them because this is the only way it's gonna work. And if I couldn't if I didn't see if I didn't see Overton there, I probably wouldn't have slid him. Um, but whenever you can see the leader and you know it's two to go, there is there's it's go time. You can't really right. You can't wait, and that's that's why we did it. But the fans loved it, and and man, if I can just get one there, I'd be happy. <laughs> you know, and and it's and it's tough to win there. There's no no question about that, especially with the tear Overton's on right now. To say the it's least, crazy but man. I think that that's one of the glaring stats. But the other stat, if you would have told me Chris Madden doesn't have a national touring series win there, I would say you're nuts, <sighs> dude. It's it's blows my mind like. Because Chris, in my opinion, Chris is probably the best guy there over the last 20 years, probably 25 years. He's just, 
He's always there. It doesn't matter what series. If it's a blue-gray at the end of the year, March Madness. Like, sometimes, I'll be honest with you, I think I've sucked at March Madness every year. Like, I maybe ran fourth, fifth. But, like, I've been good in the blue-grays. Chris Madden is, like, stupid good there. It doesn't matter what car he's in. Like, he's took every car, you know, Barry Wright, Rocket, Bloomquist, Longhorn, and one in every car. But it's – uh, when you go to Gaffney, and that's the other thing, too, when you go to Gaffney – not only do you have to like run against like Chris, but then like Ross Bells is really good there. Yeah, JD's good there. I mean, you got your local guys like Dalton Wilson, yeah. and Trent Ivy. You know, mm-hmm. them guys are. It's just like it's amazing how many guys can run good there. And it's then then you start to realize that's why guys like me and Chris probably don't have national tour wins because <laughs> there's some people that's good there. Well, yeah. that's the thing. I, I I'm sitting there. I'm like Dalton Wilson's going to win this race. Yeah, and then then I'm you know I remember Brandon Overton was in second. Yeah, he's won just about everything this year. But yeah. you know that's usually how that you know works out at the end of the day. But like I said, you're definitely close now. You're obviously starting to deal with iRacing a little bit more too. And you know I, I want you to tell us a little bit more about that. I know we've talked about it a number mm-hmm. of times, but we're getting into that point that esports season is here since the end of the season's right yeah, around I love the corner. It. Love it. I uh, it's funny, you know we're just talking about Dalton Wilson, uh, me Dalton Wilson, Trent Ivy. We all get on Discord about every night during the week. You know, probably stay on a little bit too late. But (laughs) we get into Discord and race, and naturally, like, I was mad as hell at Dalton when he jumped me on the start in that heat race because I think think that's where I probably should have won the race. Like, if I would have won my heat race and started top four instead of, you know, six through eight, I think I could have won the race. But I'm in Discord with him, and I'm like, if you ever start beside me again, I'm freaking – I'm going to adore you and go on. You know what I mean? But yeah. but the iRacing stuff, like we get on, well, we play Warzone too, but we've been getting on, you know, with, with Trent and Dalton. And then, uh, but then I have the, you know, the esports team, which Blake Majulis and Evan C run. We started this last year. Well, we started, I started iRacing last year and I became friends with them guys. And uh, man, I got so many cool stories about the iRacing stuff now. It's, it's crazy. Like Blake's flying in to Wednesday. And Evan's going to come up from Greenville on Wednesday. We're going to go eat dinner and kind of talk about everything. But um, them guys flew into Bristol when I won Bristol. Oh, wow. Like, like you know, how can you – you can't – not only them, but like Kevin Dedman, uh, the infamous Howard Weaver. Yeah. Uh, all these guys were at Bristol when we won. And they're all in – it's funny because you don't even – you look in victory and you're like, who are all these people? Then, like, you start to look at them and it's all these iRacing people. Yeah. We had, like, a little VLR uh, CFM get-together at Bristol when we won. And, uh, man, it's it's taken off. It's went – I don't have enough time. Like, it's it's went five different directions. And, like, we're sponsoring stuff. And then we're, we have our own speed shop. And then we're – the branding side of it, like we're doing merch with it. It's it's kind of crazy, but it's uh there's not much more that you can do that's so close to racing, like real racing as I racing. It's it's almost I mean it's the most realistic by far in my opinion. Now you mentioned that race at Bristol. What did it mean for you to win on the track that maybe a year ago we never knew if we were gonna have dirt on that thing again, yeah, yeah. which is kind of crazy to think. Well, it was, you know, I, it was, it was amazing. I mean, I can't really, I didn't, when I went out for practice, I didn't go to none of the tests that everybody went to. I, I just skipped all that. And, uh, when I went out for practice, I made three laps of practice and I come in dad's like, you look good in one and two, but you didn't look as good in three and four. I'm like, I don't know which corners is which. <laughs> I was yeah. like, I didn't ever even see the flag stand. Like I, it, we were so fast there. I couldn't believe it. But it was such a big deal to win. And then not only win, but, like, I think J.D. ran second, Kyle Larson third, Blinkwas fourth. And and then not only that, but I was a I was a kid in the stands 20 years ago when they raced. Mm-hmm. Okay. I watched Freddie Smith get passed by Scott on the last lap for the win. And my dad, like, took us up there. We went up there with the Clements family. And t- to be at that spot when I was maybe, I don't know, eight years old or whatever, 10 years old, to to win in the first one back, it was so big. Like I just, I just it's unfathomable. Now, reading around on your website, you said Freddie Smith was your hero. So just yep. to add to that, to being able to do something that he also did, I know that's got to just be a oh, yeah. notch in the belt for your career. Yeah, it's uh, you know, whenever I was younger, I used to go to Jeff Smith's shop. That's who kind of mentored us a little bit when we first started. And I'd go wash, go help him out. Uh, he'd pay me, 
you know, when I was like 16 years old, I think I was making like $4 an hour yeah. when I looked at it, <laughs> but, uh, I was doing what I loved and I would, uh, wash Freddie's car when he'd come in town. He was still on tour at the time, but yeah, just to do anything that Freddie's done in any kind of sense. I mean, not only on the track, but off the track, his per that's, they called him the Southern gentleman. He was, he still is one of the nicest guys I know. And typically in our, typically in our sport, um, there's not, I mean, there's a lot of nice guys, but not a lot of guys have a huge fan base that are nice. Like, yeah. you know, you got Scott and, and, uh, you know, all these guys that are, have personalities and, and Freddie was known for being a Southern gentleman, which is, you know, it's just cool. And, uh, I remember going into Jeff's shop and seeing the dream 100 trophy. And I was like, man, I want to one day have one of these and, uh, just, you know, anything that I can do that would, uh, that he's done would is definitely a, uh, you know, feather in the cap for sure. Right. I, I think you, you hit on a little bit about, about drivers that have fan bases and, and sort of don't engage them. I think in this sport, there's a number of people that really want to just sort of stay grassroots and like, just keep their head yep. down and I'm a racer. And, and that's why, but that's why people love drivers like you because you're engaging and you're engaging your fans. And that's what, at the end of the day, that's what fans want. They want to feel appreciated for their appreciation, you know? So. Oh yeah. And I, you know, I, I love it. I'm very thankful that I'm in the position I'm in. They even have fans. So, mm -hmm. uh, I think that's, you know, my mom raised me to talk to everybody and, and, uh, don't, you know, you can't be a, uh, butthead at the racetrack. Yeah. That's just not, that's not the way I was brought up. So, uh, I think, you know, just the way she's brought me up and my mom's very outgoing too. So she passed that on to me and I don't know, I think fans just like it, I guess. Now switching gears, coming back to this week, as we mentioned, world finals, the biggest stage, mm -hmm. one of the biggest weeks for us. Like you and I were talking when you were on your way in here, we have everybody and our brother in, yeah. you know, from the company in here this <laughs> yeah. week. So us trying to get work done is not the easiest, full but house. you got the chance to test a couple of weeks ago, you know, shake things down a little bit. What are your thoughts going in? Uh, I really like the track, you know, it, um, over the night, there was only, I don't know, maybe 10 cars out there with us. So we started off in the. I believe it was 14, I think I went a four maybe or a five, and we slowed all the way down to 14 eights, nine. So it lost a half a second. Um, but the track felt really good, and it didn't get rough. It was, uh, you know, it was smooth. It was fast at first, which Charlotte's always going to be fast because the dirt on it and the shape of it. But I'm excited. Like, we tested, and we tried. You know, when you go test, you, you got to have a game plan, but our game plan wasn't to get fast. Our game plan was to try all this stuff to see what it would do. And uh, we kept trying different stuff. We just we go out there and, and put a whole different shock package on, different right front. And I had, you know, I'm very thankful, like Mark Richards and them let us go test with them, but we were able to have the Fox guys with us. And, um, you know, anytime you have the factory support, it makes you even better. And, and we... When I loaded up after after the last run, I felt really good. So, and I've I felt really good the last three or three or four years at Charlotte. Mm -hmm. I just hadn't put together a whole night. Right, and, and just watching this weekend with World Short Track, uh, when the mods are out there and the Northeast uh, Sportsman, you could the the track looked really good compared it, compared oh, to last year. Yeah, we all know it was a dust bowl last it's year. It's nine day difference. Like you know, you can sit up there and watch a race. You could watch a race. You know, like last year. Even though it's funny. Last year, the racing was actually good. It was. It's just you couldn't, couldn't see, see it. Couldn't see it from the stands. It, it, but, <laughs> you know, like this year you could see it. So I think they got the, the dirt a little better. And uh, I think, you know, we're hopefully go back to the, you know, the three or four years ago where the World Finals was, you know, great racing right. all night. So I think it's going to happen this year. Now, even though the track was obviously a little bit different last year, you were close. You won a oh couple of gosh, heat races. Yeah. but. At the same time, this is a different format that you'll see all year. What's it like? Your mindset's got to be a little different knowing you have to qualify for yeah. two different nights in about, I'm going to say, three hours or so. Yeah, it's – you have to – it's it's kind of crazy. Like, the track changes so much, too, because there's big blocks, sprint cars, and late models. So you can be good in one round, and you don't change a thing on your car and then go out there and qualify last in the next round. So um, – you know, even though, gosh, last year was so frustrating because I had a, I mean, I was in the hunt both nights and we had a flat and then broke a crank trigger. And it's just, I, I feel like I know what I need to do on these qualifying nights. You got to go down and you have to be aggressive, but you can't do something stupid, you know, because qualifying is so important in general now. It's like you got to be aggressive, but at the same time, you got to know when 
not to do something. Like mm-hmm. half the time, I really think the reason why the veterans are so good at places, like, you know, guys like Dale McDowell, like, you know, and even really Madden, all of these guys, is because they don't make mistakes. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not that they're driving a better line or driving harder. They just know when to dial it back. And even in qualifying, you don't never see these guys in left field. So I think, you know, you go out there, you just got to go out there and make a laugh and not do do nothing stupid. Now, going into these two nights, I mean, you, you got the best of the best. I know there's a few guys that said they weren't coming this week, but you still got the best of the best. What would it mean for you to be able to pull one off? It'd be, it, it would probably, it would have to be my biggest accomplishment, you know. Um, winning other races has been cool, but uh, be able to do it here with all my friends and family and I got f- friends that don't even really watch me race a ton. They watch it on TV, but they don't never come to races, but they'll come to this one. You know, one of my friends that I grew up with in high school, he'll come out and I, you know, he doesn't ever come to races. So it would be huge. You know, it's, it would have to be up there. Um, it's, it's the mecca. Everybody knows what the world finals is. It's the, the last hoorah of the year. And, uh, you know, even though the, the race doesn't pay as much, the crown jewel atmosphere is there. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing I've been asking a lot of people, you know, it's obviously to you, he's probably just another driver at this point. But <clears throat> that first time you were racing against Kyle Larson, who's now just won, you know, everything. Mm-hmm. What What is that like? It's fun, man. I, um, I love it. You know, I, I, I remember the moments in my career when I lined up beside Scott Bloomquist beside Del McDowell for the first time, Brandon Shepard, uh, you know, all these guys that are the premier drivers. I remember lining up beside them and, like, just thinking, this is my chance to be better than this guy. Even though I might not ever win any of the races they do, I can outrun them now. And and when I line up beside Kyle, it's it's nice to uh, to get that adrenaline that, you know, he brings out the best in you, you know. I've been on the front row beside him at least six times now, both nights at Bristol. Um, I was supposed to be beside him at Hagerstown. I think he broke, I think, maybe at at Fairbury, at Cherokee. I mean, so many times I've been on the front row beside him. It's it's been a blast, you know. At Charlotte last year, I was he was in my I outrun him in a heat race. So it's funny how I remember that because I outrun Kyle Larson. You know what I mean? So it's like. When you race against him, knowing that he's the best driver in the world, it's just it brings out the best in you, um, and it's the moment. That's the moments that you remember because you're like, okay, that dude's. I'm gonna be old one day, saying, back in the day, I outrun Kyle Larson in a heat race yeah. <laughs> at the World Finals. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and I like Kyle. Like we're you know we're friends away from the racetrack, and but I told him I've told him before. I'm like, man, when I line up beside you, it's like, you know. I'm gonna. You're gonna get 110 percent out of me. Right. Where sometimes you get a little lazy, not lazy, but you just you don't take your competitor as ser- as serious as you do sure. when you're beside the six car or the zero or 49. What's crazy is he has all that talent and he is so humble. He is. He's like, a good guy. He, like some of those guys are real dicks, and, and Kyle's just always so humble and he cool is, and, and open. It's so funny because he was at I can't remember. Where's the race that he like lapped up to fourth, the Lucas Oil race? Do y'all remember that I feel in like Florida? It, was East, I feel like it, was East it, went, it wasn't East Bay, but it was a track in Florida. It was I can't remember where it was, but it was stupid. Mm-hmm. How I mean, he won by 15 seconds or something like that. <laughs> and um, he texted me because I think last year, when he first got into it, and then the beginning of this year, he didn't really know a lot of dirt late model guys. Mm-hmm. I knew him because of I built his seats at Butler built. And right. I've I've talked to him over the <clears> years <throat> here and there. And when he went and tested, he texted me and, and really not asking how to drive, but he he texts me before that race that he won by 15 seconds. He asked me, he's like, do you run much rear brake? And I'm like, hell no, dude, when it's <laughs> slick. Like, I don't have no rear brake, bro. I can't drive that thing. You yeah. know what I mean? He's <laughs> like, I've always ran a all rear brake. I've never turned it forward. I was like... How do you win? How did you win Port Royal? <laughs> how did you win? How did how, how did you even run good at World Finals with all rear brake? And I was like, I just told him the truth. I was like, Yeah, man, I, this is what I do. This is where I dial it back, and this is what I feel I like when the track gets slick. And he and he's like, Text me. He's like, Man, I just feel so like I don't I feel out of place when I go down there and stab the brakes. And 
And I'm like, yeah, I mean, you're stabbing the brakes on all rear brake. But it was such a cool thing that he even asked. He didn't really ask for my advice, but he just, he wants to know. He wants to learn. Uh-huh. And someone that's got an ego isn't going to do that. No. But he he just asked me. It was he's, super cool. He's a student. He's a student of the sport and the art of it. So That was the craziest thing. When I talked to him in Eldora for the world, I, I asked him about the setup, and he's going, I don't really know yeah. too much about the setup. <laughs> and I'm like, it, it, I think it just baffled me. It's like you're one of the best base car drivers in the world yep. right now. But, you know, also, don't get me wrong, him having Rumley by his side yeah. doesn't hurt either. Yeah, for sure. Kevin's as sharp as, as they come in, in any motorsport, not even just dirt racing. So. Yeah. I think that's the perfect combination. You got a team that doesn't race full time, but it's got the the capability of running like a full time mm-hmm. team. And uh, I think they just they they put it all together, and it it's been fun. Like he did he did drive across my nose at Eldora one night. I can't remember what it was. The world the second night. So there was a lot of races. Man, <laughs> he freaking drove right. He didn't mean to, and I knew all it was 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 a. And I'm not going to say a rookie mistake, but it's a mistake of not being in that position. But he was on the bottom on a restart. Maybe he was like fifth and I was like eighth or something. This sucker tried to drive in directly behind someone and he slid straight to the top. (laughs) And like I was right there and he parked it on my nose and I was like, I was mad. But then at the same time, I'm like, wasn't like he did it on purpose. Yeah. He wasn't like Winger, like Winger jacking me up and spinning me out (laughs) in the middle of the straightaway. So, but it's cool though. Like I remember, like I said, you know, racing with Kyle, I raced with him at Eldora a ton this year, so yeah. it was fun. Now, switching gears back to you, what do you see in the future for your late model career? Man, I'm hoping Crown Jewels. You know, that's that's my big thing. You know, we, that's why we keep going to them. We're steadily, every year, getting closer to winning them. And, you know, it's so hard to say if I'll ever race full-time, but if I do, if it, the opportunity presents itself, I'm going to jump on it, but... I'm hoping, you know, this year has been a tough year for me because, like, I've ran, I've been so close in so many big races. Like, there was a night at Wheatland where I come from, like, 23rd to 3rd. I probably should have won if I'd have started closer, but I don't have but one win this year, and it's stupid because, but at the same time, when I look at my schedule, like, I wish people would rank people off of the strength of the schedule. I agree with that. You know, it's like, I've literally... At Eldora, my worst finish this year was like eighth out of every prelim night. Well, I did have a DNF, but I was running like fifth. Mm-hmm. Um, but besides the DNF, like the prelim nights, I was like fifth and eighth. And then at Wheatland, I was running fourth at the Show Me. But winning, winning the big races, like knocking off a Show Me 100, Dream 100, World 100, that's that's what I want in, in my future. Uh, I want to become that, that guy like Overton did the last couple of years. He took the next step. Me and Brandon are so similar. Our racing careers are all the way up to now he's winning the big ones. So, you know, I, I did the same thing he did. We both started around the same time, drove for the same people, and he won his fair share of of late model races around here. And then the last two or three years, he's really stepped it up. And I feel like I'm close. I just I need to take that next step, you know, win the win the big ones. All right, well, you are going to be the guinea pig for a new segment we're going to do here on Six Singles, Rapid Fire. Perfect. We'll want to hear the first thing that comes into your head. All right. Favorite movie? Uh, Inception. Okay. Favorite racing movie? Ooh, Days of Thunder. I, if you didn't say Days of Thunder, I was going to be a little <laughs> Dude, worried about it. I'll you. tell you what, though. I know I'm pausing Rapid Fire. Inception is the greatest movie of all time. I don't care what anybody says. That thing, <laughs> it blows my mind every time I watch it. That's fair. I, I've, I think I I've seen it. It blows my mind so hard it took me 10 seconds to think of the name of it. That's <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. All right, favorite food? Pizza. Okay. If you were uh, trapped in a foxhole with any other late model driver, who would it, would you want it to be? Oh, Scott. <laughs> I, can ima- I can imagine that one. He would keep you entertained. You yeah. might have the aliens with you. The aliens had landed. Favorite ice cream flavor? Vanilla. Okay. Favorite driver to race against? Shepard. Any race day rituals? Uh, Red Bull before I go out. Okay. Favorite music to listen to on race day? Uh, rap. All right. I was not expecting that. No, yeah. I was. Okay. I love it all, though. No, I'm, I'm with you on that one. Favorite NASCAR driver? Oh, let's see. Davey Allison. Okay. That's good. And favorite sports team? It can be a NASCAR team, but? The Panthers. Panthers. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, Chris, hey, thanks for joining us, man. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun getting ready for the World Finals. I know, you know, a lot of people are excited. We're all anticipating a fun week, and it's going to be great. 
Yeah, I can't wait, man. I appreciate you guys having me on and uh, looking forward to seeing all the fans, you know, from everywhere in, in my home city. Was a great time having Chris Ferguson here. We learned a lot. You know, the coolest thing, Mick, that I know we talked about, his crew, the volunteers that come in and then end up going to other places. I think that's one of the coolest things that I I picked up from that interview. Yeah, it's one of the cool parts of, of motorsports, really, is the, like the fact that it's a little bit of a family. And then, yeah, you can get your foot in the door just by helping a guy out and, and moving on up. And it's cool to see Chris uh, foster that kind of environment with his team. Well, got to thank our good friends at Manscaped. Brace yourselves. Winter is coming. Uh, what the writers at Game of Thrones didn't want you to know is uh, that Bran was actually in a wheelchair because he didn't trim his balls with Manscaped. Poor guy thought it was okay to trim his balls with traditional razor and a hair trimmer. Uh, not sure uh, what you want as a gift for the holidays. Well, uh, Manscaped is the ultimate gift, and they're here to change a men's grooming game. All you can uh, do is uh, go to manscaped.com and get uh, 20% off plus free shipping when you use Stick Signals uh, 21 as a code. And, and also, uh, don't forget, we talked about it, shop.worldofoutlaws.com. Uh, Dirt Vision, very busy this week. Uh, you have a uh, Millbridge uh, coming up. You had back-to-back nights if you watch Tuesday night, but they have tonight, Wednesday night. Uh, Thursday, obviously, night one with the uh, World of Outlaws, Morton Buildings Late Model Series, Super Dirt Car Series, and the World of Outlaws NOS Energy Drink Sprint Car Series from the NGK NTK World of Outlaws World Finals. And that continues, uh, obviously, on Saturday and Sunday. So a big weekend coming up, big production, as you know. Uh, all of us are there. Home race for WRG and and everybody so it's it's going to be a it's going to be a big day and a big weekend come Thursday and it all kicks off there at the dirt track at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Super excited, especially because the fans are back. That, that's the number one thing. You fans are back uh, listening to this, and we love you and we thank you. So uh, can't wait to see those stands packed again and not at 20% um, capacity. So come out here, pack the place. Let's have a big, big weekend. If you see us, stop us, say hi. And uh, yeah, as with that, have a great week, everyone. We'll see you this weekend at the World Finals. Have a great week, everyone.